Hi, this is Elizabeth from Rochester, New York, and you're listening to Girls Gone Wad Podcast with Joy and Claire. You're listening to Girls Gone Wad. This is Joy. And this week on the show, we have Diane Sanfilippo. Yay! Welcome to the show, Diane. Yay! Thank you for having me. I was laughing at myself earlier because I was like, how do I do Diane's bio? Because almost everyone that listens to this podcast knows Diane. The whole world knows Diane. I'm like, it's almost like the equivalent. That's a bit extreme. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, it's kind of like the Madonna of the paleo world. So I'm like, do I really need to read her bio? But if you're a listener out there who does not know Diane Sanfilippo, she's the owner and founder of Balanced Bites, certified nutrition consultant, New York Times bestselling author of Practical Paleo, and the 21 Day Sugar Detox, co-author of Mediterranean Paleo Cooking, serial entrepreneur, business and marketing badass. Hi, Diane. (laughs) Hi, I prefer Paleo Baby Oprah to Paleo Madonna, (laughs) just FYI. Okay. I mean, if I'm picking a celeb, that's where I'm going to go. Okay, cool. Okay, how about, cool. How about Paleo Regina George? <laughs> Can I be Caddy Heron instead? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call you Caddy. Oh, it's after Just a great spit start. my water out. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Well, I was looking at your about page too um, on your on your website, and I love <laughs> I love how it's like quirky '60s music fanatic. <laughs> yeah, you can get to know me. I it's didn't know so which great. one you meant. We have like a basic about us page that I believe has all baby pictures of myself and my team, and that one's pretty fun too. I think I'm eating a chocolate eclair, and I'm probably like three years old, and that pretty much sums <sighs> up most of my life until I learned about nutrition. <laughs> oh, it's so great. Yeah. yeah well, it though. Okay. Um, speaking of babies, like what were you like as a little kid? <laughs> um, that's such a funny question. Uh, so I keep asking my mom more and more questions about that. And she says that I was a really easy kid, which kind of shocks me. But I think I, my, I have an older sister. She's about three years older than me. She lives in London. She teaches yoga for anybody who might live in London. It's like, there's a Lisa Sanfilippo here. Are they related? Yes, we're related. Um, but she, I think she was like a little bit more of a hectic kid growing up. Like she was, you know, a little troublemaker. And I have a feeling I would sit back and just watch that not work for her. And so I would just basically like be the good kid and then basically just get whatever I wanted because I was the good kids. So my parents are like, great. Okay. You want this cookie? Yeah, sure. No problem. Um, but I was also really self-reliant. So even again, at a really young age, I would, I remember really specifically, um, I wanted a TV in my room and this is perhaps dating myself, but we had a television that was a computer monitor at one point. So like this was a thing. I feel like it's circling back to that now, but it was a computer monitor, just a regular TV that we used as the computer monitor. And I wanted a TV in my room. So one day I just went down to the basement and it wasn't being used anymore. And I just brought it up to my room and hooked it up. And my sister was pissed that I had a TV in my room. My parents were like, well, she hooked it up. And so that story basically defines kind of my entire childhood. It was like, well, if I wanted something, I figured out a way to make it happen because I pretty much don't take no for an answer if there's something I really want. It's reasonable. You know, it's not like 
I want a pony and we live in suburban New Jersey where a pony makes no sense. I mean, I don't even like horses. So, but, um, but that was kind of <laughs> my childhood, um, was really athletic. And, you know, my mom just always says that I was an easy kid, which I feel like at some point she should stop saying that because it's kind of giving me an ego about my childhood. Um, but yeah, that's what she said. Like if I was tired, I would just put myself to sleep and, you know, they would kind of laugh about it, I guess. But yeah. That was that was it, I guess. So is it just you and your older sister? Yeah, just okay. the two of us. Yeah, so the younger one, you were like, I'm going to watch her make all the mistakes and I'm going to be the good yeah. kid. <laughs> Basically, and, you know, I did have a lot of, like, the younger sister stuff going on. Um, you know, she was, like, really book smart and, real, you know, just like, I don't know, all the friends and was a cheerleader and all this stuff. But then I was the athlete and I didn't have, like, straight A's in high school. I basically just thought it was not that important and... Um, that has proven to be true. <laughs> it's not that important, the grades you get in high school for anybody who's curious. Um, but, you know, I was I was a good student. I just wasn't like the straight A grade grubbing type. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys knew those girls, but I was friends with them. They were most of my friends. But yeah, and was an athlete all through high school, played soccer and volleyball. And um, yeah, that was that was it. What kind of yoga does your teach your sister teach? Um, I'm gonna say I think she teaches Anusara yoga. That's kind of what um, my mom and my sister got into probably over 10 years ago. And my mom's been practicing that type for a long time. Um, and it's I think it's a little bit more obscure. But um, yeah, that's as far as I know, that's what she teaches. So she's I don't, very- I've never gone to one of her classes. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> been to London. It's crazy. She's very zen and you're just like the go-getter. Well, it sounds like you guys are the both, both the go-getters. I love the TV story, though. You're just like, I just want this in my room. And she's like, why? Is it like the whole, um, I love the uh, ask for forgiveness instead of permission thing? Is that yeah, kind of oh, how totally. you live? Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. yeah. And that's just very much like. Hack right now. What'd you say? That's my biggest marriage hack right now. Ask mm. for forgiveness instead of permission. <laughs> it's working out pretty well so far. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> So let's talk about your book, because that was just uh, released and updated in September, right? So the Mm -hmm. second edition of uh, Practical Paleo. So talk a little bit about the inspiration behind updating that. So I have wanted to update it for a long time, but, you know, everything kind of happens in its right time, I suppose. Um, So the book, a lot of times when people write a second edition or, I don't know, make significant updates it's because perhaps a book has like slowed down out there and it's just been a long time and there's something new to say but it's it's usually not on the heels of it like actually continuing to sell really well um but for me the fact that the book was still um just kind of top of mind for a lot of people a lot of people still always refer people to it as like their first book people call it the paleo bible and they're like it's the first book i refer people to i felt a lot of pressure around the fact that um it was four years old and there was more i needed to say more questions i needed to answer and i just felt like what's in the book now is totally fine it's just there's more to say you know it's not that there's there's very little that's in the first edition that I have kind of gone back on. Um, a couple of recommendations, like I really don't mention uh, fermented cod liver oil anymore. I just don't talk about it. Um, I've never recommended fish oil supplementation. So, I mean, maybe that's a hot topic for you guys. But um, And so a few things like that, but mostly it's just I needed it to be my best. I needed it to be like I'm extremely proud to tell you to go get this book and it's going to answer the questions that you have. And truthfully, now 
Um, there aren't many questions that people are going to ask me today that I have a true stance on or a lot to say about that's not covered in the book. Like if it's something I just don't have a huge background on, or I don't want to get into it too, too much. Like I really don't talk about fasting in the book because it's not my area of expertise and I don't have that much to say about it. It's basically like it works for some people and it's bad for others. Like that's it. You know, it depends. So I, I don't talk about that, but I have a whole new chapter on carbs. I have a whole new chapter on um, how to talk to friends and family who maybe are interested in going paleo and then the ones that are totally unsupportive. And all of this was based around the questions that I've gotten for the last four years, just independently, as well as on the Balanced Bites podcast. You guys know I've been doing that podcast for over five years with Liz Wolf. And <clears throat> excuse me, we've had every question under the sun. But if we were to categorize questions that have come in, what I did is just kind of sift through that and think like, what is the big stuff that people are asking about that I haven't answered adequately yet. And so that was one of the reasons why I really wanted to get the update um, for the book. One of the sections that people rely on a lot are the meal plans. And so I added a meal plan for adrenal health and stress management. That's probably the absolute number one question issue topic that's come up that people are asking about I added a meal plan for healthy hormones because women were asking me what to do about PCOS um, and infertility issues and that's why I wrote that meal plan and then a plan for liver detox support which is not a super hot topic these days but I think it's something that people are talking more about and in another year or two it might become a little bit more prevalent that people are realizing um, if you don't have a diagnosed health condition but you're just not feeling great liver detox support tends to be one of those things that if you were to go work with a naturopath, they're going to actually look at all three of those things really closely, your um, adrenal health, your hormone health, and your detox system. And so it's kind of funny, that's sort of the trifecta of naturopathic medicine a lot of times. But um, I think I think that's going to help people just bridge the gap of what was missing in the first book and take things a little bit further. And there's a whole bunch more that I changed and updated. I added 50 new recipes. It's just now, um, it's my best offering. And for the people who have the first edition are like, oh, I don't need it. It's it's cool. You don't need it. But if you're like, well, what does Diane think about this? <laughs> you know, um, or does she have new recipes that are going to be awesome? Or maybe you want the new spice ones that everybody's talking about. Um, that stuff's in the second edition. And um, I'm just excited to see people getting re-excited about the book because we, you know, the book came out initially when Instagram didn't exist and Instagram's like the thing everyone wants to post their food that they're making. And so I'm excited to kind of get that experience now because the book came out so long ago that I didn't get to see people posting pictures all the time. Um, and so that's just like a little fun, I don't know, fun side benefit of having it newly released. But yeah, long story short, I just needed everyone to have my absolute best and to feel like it's as as good of a resource and as well-rounded of a resource today as it was four years ago. And that people who are recommending it, like I'm sure if you guys recommend it to people now, you'll feel even better about saying like, yeah, I get this book because it's just that much more in tune with all of the conversations that we're having now um, versus, you know, before it didn't have quite everything. Yeah. And that's funny what you said too about Instagram existing and how gratifying that must be to now see all the recipes pop up. But I've also yeah, heard you talk about it. Yeah, I've heard you talk about it um, on a few other podcasts too and interviews and how you said that, um, you know, people who have the first edition, it, it are really going to feel good about having the second one too, because it really has so much more in it. And so that's, yeah. I, I think that's a really cool thing. And that you what did. I added yeah, and what I added, thank you, is mostly for people who had the first edition, as weird as that seems, like it's not going to matter if somebody buys the first or the second if you're totally new to paleo, but most of the new stuff is actually going to help 
seasoned folks more than it'll even help the new people. It will help new people for sure. But um, anyway, yeah. And you just finished your book tour with Cassie from Fed and Fit. We just had her on yeah. recently too. Yeah. I loved following. That was so much fun. I loved following all you. <laughs> I love your snaps, first of all. But I loved, <laughs> it's like taking us on the book tour with you guys. It was yeah. so fun to see like Cassie's snap and then your snap was next. I'm like, oh, they're like right next to each other. Um, <laughs> and then just all the crowds and how fun was that? Was it exhausting or was it like energizing? It was, <laughs> actually, I was anticipating it being so exhausting. I was trying to... I apologize. I was trying to um, like bank resources of, you know, not stressing myself out too much. And shockingly, not well, perhaps not shockingly, because, you know, I chose wisely in choosing a tour partner. I mean, I basically said to Cassie, you know, there was a um, there was a delay in her book release. And it just ended up being the best thing that could have happened. Because when I saw that her book was coming out a little bit later than initially planned, I was like, hey, do you want to tour with me? <laughs> because that would be way more fun than me touring alone. Um, I haven't toured alone completely since the very first tour that I did when Practical Paleo came out in late 2012. I toured a, a bunch, like probably at least three weeks, if not four. I, I can't even remember. I'm <laughs> basically like black most of it out, you know, and it also meshes with seminars that I taught at the time. Like, I have no idea. I think I was still teaching seminars when the book came out. I, I really don't remember. Um, but yeah, it just, it honestly ended up being really fun and pretty invigorating. And I was not as flattened as I thought I was going to be. And I, I really attribute that to Cassie's energy and enthusiasm and just genuine, you know, I mean, she really is like that, <laughs> you know, when you oh, yeah. her and you're like, she really like that. She has her moments where she's like, you know, on a normal level of energy like the rest of us, but she's really like that. And it's very, um, I don't know, it's just great to be around. She's a lot younger than I am, which I appreciate. Like her attitude is just the best. So we just had a great time because we're both into like progress and how can we do things better, you know, like leaving a signing and like, how did that go? Did we do okay? Like, could we do that better? And that's the kind of people that I love to be around. So not, you know, besides the fact that she's just like a pure joy to hang out with, you know, and go eat with and be spending that much time with because travel can be really hard, but we really did have as much fun as it looked like we had, if not more than it looked like. So oh, that's so it was great. great. Yeah, it, it was looked, like it looked adorable. And of course, the outfits <laughs> like um, your outfits. Were we did plan fantastic. them. We were like, did you really you wearing? <laughs> Let's coordinate like just so, you know, so it wouldn't clash. Yeah, yeah we did. Okay. Well, when, yeah, it was when we had her on Joy and I were texting and I was like, I feel like we're interviewing Reese Witherspoon right now. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. she was just so freaking bubbly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to go back real quick to something you said about another thing that you added to the second edition, which has to do with liver detox. And so mm -hmm. we talk a lot about um, kind of the culture of the detox and how it's, you know, kind of like a buzz thing and how a lot of times it kind of feels like, why the heck are you detoxing, quote unquote detoxing, mm -hmm. when you have these organs that are specifically made to yep. detox your body? So without, you know, giving away all your secrets that are uh, in your update, can you touch on that a little bit? And, you know, how sure. there's sort of a difference between like supporting liver yeah. detox versus like a quote unquote detox? Yeah. And I mean, 
I have a little experience with this. Um, you know, running a program that I named the 21 Day Sugar Detox has been, it's been interesting because a lot of people can appreciate it for what it is and what my intention was with that program. And that was to say, I'm naturally supporting your body through detoxifying, not only supporting your liver with that program, um, but you know, people say they're doing a social media detox and nobody gets up in arms about that because we know what it means. It means you're just going to like put it down for a while and let your body kind of purify from it. You know what I mean? And so all of a sudden, if we're talking about it in relation to our bodies, people get all kind of freaked out like, well, you don't need to detox. And I'm totally with you when it comes to the idea that we need to stop eating real food to allow our body to go through natural detoxification processes, that stuff is, to me, it's a myth. I mean, I think there are different purposes for which somebody might do something like a gallbladder flush or some kind of more therapeutic intervention on that front. And I would never tell people that that's not beneficial, that there, that there aren't conditions for which that's supportive. Um, and I have friends who work in those fields and like to each his own, you know, there's different ways to do things. But I think that with the word detox, before I even get into like what's going on with the meal plans, but the word detox, I think a lot of people wrap up in, you know, I've put a lot of toxins in and now I'm going to do a detox and it's like a three day juice cleanse type of thing. And to me, that mindset isn't really what I'm going for. Like 21 days or if you do a 30-day meal plan or sometimes people take on meal plans that are three months or whatever, to me, that is not only supporting your body and naturally detoxifying, but you're forced to start to create new habits. I mean, if you want to eat food that somebody gives to you for three days, that doesn't actually teach you anything about what to do differently. Now you've just said, I'm basically like sort of taking a pill in response to this thing that I did. You know what I mean? Like if you're on a week long bender on vacation in Cancun and you're drinking and whatever, and you come back and you're like, I'm going to do a juice cleanse. All right, whatever. If you want to do it, I have, I'm not judging that. I'm just saying that's not really, <laughs> it's not really what I'm talking about. So, so there's that. Um, but supporting the liver naturally in detoxifying, there are certain nutrients that are helpful for that. There are certain foods that contain those nutrients that are helpful. And that's really what I'm talking about. And just, you know, a few notes on the basics of that. The, the point of the 21 day sugar detox is to help us get away from sugar. And I know we're not kind of mostly talking about that program, but the foods that I recommend people eat do support that naturally as well. So it becomes kind of a hand in hand thing where you're forced to not eat the foods because I've told you not to, <laughs> you know, they're on the no list. And so you get away from them. But now I'm also giving your body foods that naturally support that. So um, eating whole forms of protein where we're getting specific amino acids, we're getting B vitamins, if we're eating egg yolks and or liver, if we can't have eggs, some people can't. Um, choline is an extremely important nutrient for supporting liver detox. There are also uh, nutrients in different vegetables like glutathione, we're getting from cruciferous vegetables that are extremely important for detox support. So all of that. Um, and my meal plans in Practical Paleo, it's funny because folks get the book and they're like, okay, I want to go shopping and, and eat all these meals. And I'm like, well, that's cool. But the meals are actually the least important part of the plan, the diet and lifestyle recommendations that are in the front. Um, and I do list them first after I just kind of talk about the condition. Um, I list those first because they're the most important. So things that you're going to add to your diet and things that you're going to remove, and that may include lifestyle as well. And so, you know, for example, when I talk about liver detox, I talk about like cleaning products and um, different things that we're using in our environment that could be toxic to our body, as well as um, alcohol. <laughs> it's not the popular 
<laughs> recommendation, but <laughs> if you're trying to allow your liver to do its job optimally, drinking alcohol is basically, it's like the first thing we have to stop doing if we're trying to let our body naturally detoxify. Because if we're taking an alcohol, it's essentially become our liver's first job to detoxify alcohol. And so focusing on metabolic processes and detoxifying heavy metals and environmental toxins that just becomes secondary. And, and yeah, it's probably all happening at the same time. You know, it's not like all of these other processes shut, shut down in the presence of alcohol, but they're definitely going to be hindered in the presence of alcohol. And I have asked different doctors about this. I'm like, am I crazy to say this? You know, when I say this to people, is that accurate? And they're, they're like, yeah, it is. I mean, if you're literally pouring toxins and I'm not like an alcohol hater, I'm just saying, if you're having issues with this stuff, you have to just not be drinking. I mean, we have to do the thing that we know is not the best for our liver. We have to stop doing that. So anyway, things like that. And I talk about um, dental amalgams and mercury in your mouth and how all that stuff affects you. And I think, you know, people want to get hung up on the food. And for a lot of people, especially if your listeners have been eating paleo, if you've been following my work, and you've been doing this stuff for a while, the food is like not that important at that at this point, if you're still struggling, and you feel like you've been eating paleo for a while, or mostly paleo, it's probably not about the food. And I think people need to hear that. So I have two questions really quick too, is I think we are all very well versed in how to listen to our body and what foods do what to our body. But mm -hmm. what advice can you give to listeners of maybe just something basic of what a reaction would look like? If I, and I know that sounds silly, but some people truly are that out of touch with their bodies yeah. of what they could be looking for. For foods that for, don't work for them. Yeah, in exactly. Yeah, just in general. Yeah. So um, this was funny. Just yesterday, uh, I was at a book signing here in San Francisco with Melissa Jewel Wan. She has a new book out, Well-Fed Weeknights. And she was talking about her story, which is a perfect example of this, that she used to get a really itchy back, like randomly. Well, she thought randomly at the time and then discovered after going paleo that it was dairy. Oh, my gosh. I totally just burped on your podcast. <laughs> Don't, it's okay. I'll tell <laughs> You don't out. have to edit it, but whatever you want. It's just that, that happened. That was amazing. I stop it. I couldn't stop it. It just came up. What are you even um, eating? It's nothing. It's I'm hungry. Yeah, that was like, I'm, I'm ready that was for like dinner. The perfect, the perfect oh example. Oh, boy. Anyway, so um, Melissa was saying that her back got itchy, and she thought it was random, didn't know what caused it, and she went paleo and realized that dairy was really causing it, and now if she does have dairy again, it can start up again. And so... Here's the thing that's important for people to know about that. It's like, you might think that's not that big of a deal. It's like, whatever. So my back gets itchy. And I'm kind of that way too. I'm like, well, if I eat this cheese, I break out a little bit. Um, this type of cheese, not that one. But the truth is, it's our immune system responding to that food in just our own unique snowflake, <laughs> our unique snowflake kind of way. And so we think it's not that big of a deal, or we have this itchy elbow or this weird skin thing or this weird thing on our ear, just whatever random thing your body decides to do with your immune system, it can totally be a response to just the fact that you're eating something, you don't digest it well, it causes inflammation in your gut, about 80% of your immune system lives in your gut. And so when we're insulting our digestive system, there are lots of other things that are just not being taken care of properly. Um, and so you can have an itchy back or you can break out or you can have your weird skin thing. <laughs> People have asked me about so many weird things. Um, and that's really what's happening. It can be everything else to, you know, headaches and uh, seasonal allergies are really a big one seasonal allergies people you know change their food and find that they don't suffer from seasonal allergies anymore 
Um, I, it's like the list goes on and on. I mean, I have these huge lists of conditions that are related to inflammation and it's pretty much anything. And, and, you know, not the least of which just being low energy, you know, and most people don't know that that's happening until it's not happening anymore. Right. So it's more or less too just making sure people are taking notice and not to be crazy about it, but just even, even by starting and saying, wow, like, questioning if you do have you know skin irritation of going well maybe it's due to my diet yeah and that's something you know Liz and I we used to teach seminars around the country and we created an online version of the seminar that ended up becoming a much deeper program it's called the balance bites Masterclass, and that opens for enrollment like in a couple of weeks from from now um, but what we're doing in that class is exactly what we're just talking about where we're helping people see that this is the connection like one of our first modules we have people write down all the weird things going on with their body so that we can really help people through that and see how to make the changes um you know to get on the other side of that and then i also wanted to ask too of your process more or less of learning all this information everything's changing so fast and there's always new studies and there's always new information so you mentioned that you do talk to doctors and consult with other professionals when you're going through writing what does that look like and how do you weed out the good and the bad? Um, actually, the way that I like to focus more on the information that I present is less about what new studies are coming out all the time because I honestly think you could really find studies to support pretty much anything and end up writing pretty much anything as evidenced by a book called The China Study, which was about a quote study that's not really a study um, as debunked by Denise Minger. But I like to focus on what is kind of the what's the baseline of physiology like how should our digestion work how should our blood sugar regulation work how do carbs work in the body just naturally you know there is some you know perhaps in more years there'll be more information about more truths and i don't i don't know if saying the word research like it's all dependent on humans and we're we're all flawed and we all have biases and influences and so i think if there are new truths that are discovered that really are true then perhaps i would change some of my approach but i've yet to really have that happen because i'm i'm just talking about here's how your body should break down food and here's what should happen in your poop <laughs> um And if that's not working for you, here's what I propose you eat instead. And so because I have that approach, I'm not, I didn't write like a paleo manifesto. You know, I didn't write, here's what's wrong with grains and a whole in defense of paleo. And it's not what I set out to do with the book. I really just set out to kind of make a bit more of a holistic health manual. And that's sort of what practical paleo is. It just happens to be paleo because, you know, at the time, that's really what I was doing. And I do believe that that is the best baseline that people can be following. Um, When I was studying holistic nutrition at Bowman College here in Berkeley and then working with clients one-on-one, you know, they they taught us about what, you know, we call a paleo diet now as a basic elimination diet, I mean, getting rid of grains and all kinds of foods that could potentially be irritating to a number of people and then adding them back in and seeing what is really irritating this person and what's not. Um, And so, you know, it's, I'm not really trying to recreate what cavemen did. I'm not really trying to like tell people that what they're doing is wrong if they feel okay. You know, like I'm not looking for research to just wave in people's faces and be like, see, you are wrong. I just don't find that to be that productive. I'd rather just sit with my information and share it and disseminate it the way that I feel works and is supportive and helpful of people who are looking for help and haven't found it or have 
or have looked in a million places and keep not finding it. Um, as I do Facebook live videos all the time, one of my favorite things is like, I'll have, you know, maybe there'll be a couple hundred people watching live and that's awesome. Some of them have met me before. Some of them haven't. And some of them are literally brand new, have no idea who I am, stumbled across this video and they're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I found this. I just got diagnosed with Hashimoto's yesterday and I don't know what to do. And I'm like, great. It's, you know, I'm so glad you found me. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to get this book and it's going to help you. And like, that's really all I care about. You know, I kind of don't care what researchers are doing every day. And maybe that sounds, maybe that sounds um, detached for some people, but that's not where I like to focus because I just want to focus on getting the body working normally and supporting normal body functions. And most of that can be done just by changing the basics of our food. Um, and I'm not trying to convince anyone of it. And I think that that's perhaps a difference. Like, I just want to help the people who are like, okay, I'm looking for answers. And that makes sense. No, it sounds like a good, you know? it's, it sounds like you're just kind of bringing people to a home base. And uh, yeah. I like that you talked to about everything that's kind of coming out, um, as far as, you know, based off of n equals one or <laughs> or yeah. just all the the buzzwords of the day which i'm sure i mean i don't want to discredit or discount those things but i also feel like we talk about this often that people can latch on to a instagram photo and think that's the next fad diet that's going to get them abs mm -hmm. or whatever and i don't totally. think that's just not what we're talking about we're talking about bringing people yeah. to that home base of health and wellness that's 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 effective for everyone that you've seen and everyone that you teach yeah, and I think what's really important for people to know, and I think it's important for people to hear from me, this person who has, quote, the paleo Bible, like I've written this book that so many people just want to like burn the word paleo into my forehead or something because I've written this book. And I'm like, that's, that's fine. If that's what you want to do. I don't wear that. I'm not branded with that because I come from a holistic background. Like, I think this is a great baseline for people. I think it's extremely therapeutic for a lot of people, especially if you have an autoimmune condition, if you just can't figure out what's going on with you. But I don't want people to stay there if they don't need to. I don't want them to stay there unnecessarily if they don't need to and they don't want to. Um, and this is something that Mark Sisson talked about a couple of years ago at Paleo Effects, where he, he was calling it like, what can I get away with? where he's like, well, if I can eat grass fed dairy and feel great, I'm going to eat it like I'm going to include as much as I can in my diet, to the point where I feel good doing that. And if I don't feel good, then I'm going to bring that thing back out of my diet. And that's really an approach that I want people to take. Because the minute you start just being super defensive about your way of eating, or you proselytize it too hard, um, or you try and force people into paleo perfectionism or any of that, we end up being just like everyone else who's so dogmatic and so defensive about their way of eating that nobody's interested. Like somebody, there's like a joke about how do you know if someone's vegan? They're like, don't worry, they'll tell you. They'll tell you. And it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to be that, you know, I don't want, I don't want to wear that um, all the time. But, but I think it's important to have that as a tool in our arsenal. And if somebody isn't feeling good or has goals that they're not reaching and is curious about it, well, then here's the book, you know, but I definitely don't go around telling people they need to make changes unless they're saying they want to make changes, you know, yeah. and it's like with anything. But I think that's just how humans think is that if it works for someone, it's got to work for everyone else. And it's the next best thing. And oh, you have to try this. And it's not necessarily the case. And listening to your body is first and foremost, let's shift this to to talking about workouts, because that's also kind <laughs> of been just something that I've seen recently. And I've, I've listened to a lot of interviews with Mark Sisson. And there seems to be that same mentality of 
as humans too, I think we think some is good, more is better. And that exercise has kind of shifted to this place of, well, we, we probably are doing too much. And how is that affecting our bodies negatively, especially women? Do you agree with that? And then also, how do you incorporate exercise into your life? Yeah, so knowing that I'm probably talking to a fairly athletic crowd, probably a lot of CrossFitters, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, as evidenced by the name of the show. Um, <laughs> keeping that in mind as the context, you know, I usually when I come into like a speaking engagement, I try and get a feel for who's in the room, right? Like who knows me, who has no idea, has never met me before. And like that, they're really different people. Some people know what I had for breakfast and some people are like, um, have never heard of me. So <laughs> assuming I'm speaking to a lot of really active people and CrossFitters, etc. I think I think I've definitely seen the the more is more mentality kind of overarching. And sometimes it happens like around games time when, you know, we see athletes who are training multiple times a day and they're, you know, high intensity and they're competitive, competitive level athletes. And that's what you need to do if you're a competitive level athlete. Um, but we don't, we're not all that person. And I think it's a fine line because I love for everyone to identify themselves as an athlete. Like I think... I know for myself for sure I am an athlete and if I am not moving in athletic ways I will become fairly depressed like it's definitely happened to me where I've had an injury and things are just not good if I'm injured so um, anyway part of what I see mostly in taking questions through the Bounce Bites podcast is almost like a total load of stress that's becoming too high and for better or for worse, having high intensity workouts added on top of that, that perhaps people weren't doing before. So I don't know what people were all doing before they were CrossFitting. Um, I was strength training and probably doing some basic types of cardio. I mean, I had trained for a half marathon at one point and I was doing cardio kickboxing classes at one point. I got certified to teach them and I never did. Um, I was trained that, uh, turbo kick. It was. Yes. It I was. got certified too. Shalene Johnson. Yes. I freaking yeah. love her. <laughs> I, of course. I mean, you have to love Shalene. So I actually got certified like right when she was like selling the business. And so I was super confused about it. I'm like, is this like Powder Blue Productions or what is this? Like who, who's running this show? And I actually came into Paleo right when like right after Rob Wolf got kicked out across it. So I keep going into these things like on the cusp. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, and I trained on trapeze. I trained at the Circus Center here in San Francisco for about a year and a half. I don't know how many years ago now. It was right before I did CrossFit. I remember when I started CrossFitting, I walked in and they're like, we do these kipping pull-ups. I was like, what? I was like, I had to do 10 strict pull-ups in the warm-up for trapeze. I was like, this is great. I'm like, I can just swing around. And I, But I think what happens is the stress level that we're all experiencing with inputs from social media, everyone's feeling like FOMO. They need to see everything that's happening all the time. We have more things that we're committing to with like jobs and the way that we handle our stress from that. And it just becomes this this beaker. <laughs> this is my favorite analogy. Like we all have this stress beaker where drop by drop it's getting filled up. And some of us just have a smaller beaker than others. And some of us, you know, have been filling it drop by drop. And sometimes we're we're pouring extra in there. Different things happen in our lives, something traumatic. And you just don't know when that that next drop that's going to overflow the beaker. Like we've all been in chemistry labs where it just takes that one more drop to actually break that, you know, break that seal on the top. Um and we didn't realize that we were filling it drop by drop for years. And it's just one thing that happens. And I think I think the way that we handle our workouts now, I want for people to look at it as something that you get to do. You know, it's not something that you have to do. You get to do it when you're sleeping well and eating well and taking care of yourself. And that it's something that we 
basically with the same mindset of the nutrition where it's like, what can I get away with with food? And I, I don't want for that to mean people are like, well, I can get away with eating pizza and beer every day. I feel just fine. Like you probably don't. Like you're probably lying to yourself. Yeah. Um, but I want people to think about fitness as I, I really think it should be like a minimum dose for the response that you want. I don't think that you should do more just because you can. I think you should do, and maybe this sounds crazy, but I think this is the mindset of CrossFit, right? It's like the high intensity, short duration. You get an extremely um, long-term benefit from that. I like for people to approach it. Like, how can I train so that I won't hurt myself um, so that my body is getting the best stimulation from the type of inputs that I'm applying from the workout uh, and mostly for longevity and strength and, and not for just being competitive all the time. And so I did CrossFit for a long time. I haven't done it in about a year and a half, maybe almost two years now, but probably at least a year and a half. And I was just in a place where I was writing books. I'm like, I can't go into the gym and have a competitive mindset with the clock or with whoever else is in there. I mean, I, I would always just compete with myself anyway. Like, it's not the time for me to do that. I've got all these other stressors, I'm building a business, whatever else. And, you know, I have enough self-awareness to know that. And I'm also, I don't really care if I'm not lifting as much as somebody else. But I know a lot of people who are newer to stuff, newer to training, you know, if you're newer to CrossFit and you feel that pressure, I think it can be hard to say no. And sometimes the amazing part of CrossFit, like I absolutely love CrossFit. None of this is to like poo-poo on it at all. I think it's it's mostly all good. And I think anything that's not great about it, we all have our own, um, we all have ownership in that independently. But I think that sometimes we're not able to go in and say, you know what, I can't do this workout today because I'm too stressed out. I was not sleeping well last night and I was stressed out all day. And now it's one rep max deadlift day after I've been sitting all day at work. And that's like a recipe for an SI joint disaster. And I just don't think we all have had enough experience to know that. And it's something that I, I do kind of wish that, I don't know, coaches were maybe a little bit more in tune with it. Or maybe that's part of why we're having this conversation now is that somebody can hear, like, not every day has to be a PR. Um, and if we go in there and we make sure that we're paying attention to these little pains that crop up, and if it's a sharp pain, we stop, you know, things like that. Um, I just think that sometimes we want to have this mindset of, well, I've always done this or like I've always trained this way. And so it'll always be okay to do that. And what I see more often than not, is just that total load of stress. At some point that beaker overflows and it's really hard to figure out how to lower the level of stress because it's this long-term cumulative effect. Um, And I would really like for people to find a better balance, you know, to find what, what we can be doing every day consistently that we can maintain that doesn't push us too hard, but doesn't not challenge us. You know, like I don't, I'm not saying people should be, you know, lackadaisical or lazy about things. And it's one of the great things about CrossFit, like for a lot of people who maybe weren't really strength training, you know, we're learning Olympic lifts and we're, we're getting under a bar and squatting. And my favorite people in the gym are the new people, you know, because I'm like, yeah, you, you get it. But I do think it's a delicate balance. And I think we need to know ourselves. Um, And I think when we're newer, being pushed to be a little bit more competitive or go a little bit harder, I think when you're being pushed when you're newer, I can appreciate that because you might not realize what you're capable of. But I think when you cross the threshold of a more seasoned athlete, which that's, I mean, I would consider myself that I'm not a competitive athlete, but I'm definitely a seasoned athlete. Like I know myself and I know how to say no in the gym. And I think that that's something that I hope eventually everyone knows or learns. That makes sense. I don't know oh, yeah. what yeah. was I even talking about. I feel like I was just talking about like <laughs> 10 years. 
I think it's a lot to say about training. I, I think it can be hard too when you, um, you know, use, and we talk about this a lot where you use CrossFit or any type of exercise as a physical release and as a stress reliever. So then when do you cross that line and how mm-hmm. do you kind of control that when like, it's like, okay, what is my cue here between using this as a stress reliever versus this is adding physical stress to my life and so I have to control that and like where is that balance and it can be so hard to find that and it can also be really hard to kind of like allow yourself to take a step back that's a a good question and I feel like it's it's a common question that now right like this moment I'm having this kind of epiphany about how I want to approach that and I think that the way that we should look at exercise so exercise is a stressor and it's a hormetic stressor, meaning it's doing something negative in the moment that will have a positive effect in the longer term because, you know, we're pushing our bodies pretty hard, especially during CrossFit, but totally. it does have positive effects. What I think the point of training this way should be is to create an environment in your body that handles stress better and The exercise itself, of course, going into the gym and having the endorphin release and being in the community and seeing your friends and getting your hugs or your whatever you get at your gym, because Raisin Athletics in New Jersey is definitely like a lot of Italians hugging you all the time. (laughs) I love that. Awesome. You guys need to train there if you're in New Jersey ever. But, um, you know, whatever you're getting from the community, but that session itself like I don't want people to be going in there like trying to beat themselves up to get extra stress relief if that makes sense like like don't just go harder because you had this stressful day and you're like I need to get it out here like if you don't go that hard you're still gonna get an amazing workout and I'm not saying sandbag and just be lame or whatever I'm just saying you guys know you know we all know the difference between like a Fran cough and you're coughing up blood and you feel like you want to die and you ripped your hands like a like an idiot we should not be ripping our hands let me tell you I, I have training on trapeze oh I totally you know, agree I'm like let me talk about hand care maintenance oh. Wait, Don't what's your, I know, but sand, but uh, side note, what is your, since you did trapeze, like what's your sand I, care? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I think I would know after hanging on my hands for an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, uh, when the calluses really start to develop, when you feel them and you f- almost feel like, you know, they're more than just kind of a, a low, flat, thicker skin. When they start to develop, you have to shave them down. And I use a flat razor callus shaver for that, like one that they use on your feet at the pedicure places. Yeah. Um, and literally just shave them off because what tears is a thick, hard callus. Yes. And we just got this awesome product. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard it. I have to plug it. It's called the Wad Rod. And it's like oh, this round. I'll, I'll snap you a picture. It's like this <laughs> round. It almost looks like a mini barbell with sandpaper on it. And it's like the best invention ever. And so interesting. <laughs> well, the gym I go to now doesn't even have a regular bar for me to do pull-ups on so I've been doing neutral grip pull-ups which I actually really like so it's just like your hands are facing each other um and slightly narrower than just a standard pull-up would be whatever I'm I'm at basically a globo I'm at an equinox right now but they have a platform an olympic platform that I can pretty much walk in and get anytime I want because nobody's snatching in there um so anyway um but yeah I, I think that we should think about exercise as the thing or one of the things aside from sleep and you know good nutrition that prepares our body to handle all the things that we throw at it all the time because obviously you're walking around you don't look like most other people like my husband and I go to the farmer's market people like what do you guys do you know it's like we realize that not everybody is building muscle in the same way unless you're around only athletes all the time and you step outside and you realize like hey but what we're doing in the gym is creating 
a healthy body body to handle all the other stressors. Um, and I think that's a good way to look at it. Like that's what this that's what this workout is for. And so I like I don't want people hurting themselves because they were so stressed out all day and your nervous system like you have to remember your nervous system is getting taxed by emotional stress like at work for example or if you're sitting and if you go to do a one rep max I just use that as an example because it's kind of an extreme example but your nervous system has been taxed all day basically on this like high level of alert and now you're pushing it again at the gym and I just feel like we all need to know like we don't have to do that you know what I mean like it doesn't have to be that day like if that day is not good for you find a way to do it another day you know and I would rather I would rather scale back one day and come into the gym consistently and be there all the time than try so hard that I hurt myself I'm not listening to my body um, and then I'm out for six weeks because that's just crushing I mean I'm sure you guys have gone through injuries like that a couple winters ago I had a really bad low back injury um, because I literally was pretty much sitting all day working and like a jerk I wasn't getting up and walking around now I have my little Fitbit and it's like basically shames me into walking around every hour um but it definitely helps and um now I know how to better warm up for things like a deadlift but at the time I basically went from the couch to deadlifting and hurt myself and it's no surprise yep I totally get that that totally happened to me too we have some questions and we'll do a little bit of a lightning round since we're running out of time but we have uh listener questions and I want you to plug the uh, business podcast that you have uh, because (laughs) a a lot of our listeners wanted to know kind of how you got into the business and how you got into be uh the it got into the nutrition practitioner career role and so direct those listeners to that podcast because I know you cover all of it there yeah Yeah. so it's called build a badass business you can find it I keep burping I'm so sorry (laughs) do you edit the show or yeah I totally edit it (laughs) I mean, you might not. I mean, this need is... to, though. But it is okay. pretty amazing. I don't care. I don't care I'm either. just like, I feel like I'm talking and swallowing air and I'm hungry and it's just all happening. And, you know, it's a stressful day. It is a stressful day. <laughs> anyway, so so Build About Us Business, it's in iTunes. I have 55 episodes there. At some point, it'll probably come back. Um, but I've just been working on my business. Slightly, slightly busy. Um, the one thing I want to tell people who, because I saw there were some questions like about building a nutrition business and the whole thing about online and getting clients and all of that. Um, my number one piece of advice to everyone, and it has been for a long time now, is to get offline. Everyone's spinning their wheels, freaking out about social media and how do I get clients and how do I stand out in this noisy internet world? And I'm like, well, why don't you just talk to the people in your community? Because there are a lot of them who want and need your help. And that's how I started. And that's how everyone who you see now um, who has had books and programs do really well and reach a lot of people. It's because we started talking to people in real life and teaching seminars in gyms. Rob Wolf was teaching seminars everywhere Um, and I was teaching seminars around the country and you know meeting people in real life is absolutely number one and stop focusing your energy on the internet it's like it's a great thing I'm not like obviously anti-internet business I just think for everyone that gets freaked out like oh I don't have a good enough website or this or that like just go talk to the people in your town and make those connections and um, you'll inevitably feel so much better about what you're doing too because you'll actually be face to face with the person who you just helped Yeah, I preach that all the time that you can't just sit in front of a computer and expect things to happen. But we feel like that's just, you know, we do have FOMO because we're looking at other people's lives, but it's not creating any energy. And I'm like, go mix it up with people. Go mix it up. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I like to be pretty antisocial a lot of the time. Like I'm, I get really like, just tired because I feel like I'm interacting so much online. But 
you know, I just came off of a 12 city book tour. I don't do that for me. I do it for for all the people who are going to come to the event who've been reading my stuff for years. And I mean, it is for me to meet you guys. But, you know, I don't know. I just think it's it's so important. And I just can't stress that enough. Like meet meet these meet the people, talk to them, help them answer their questions. And that's really, you know, that's really the way to build the business is with real people in real life. So what do you do on your downtime? How do you relax? Like, what's your favorite Netflix series? (laughs) Honey, how do I relax? Just kidding. (laughs) 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 No, that's not true. Um, Okay, my favorite Netflix series. Well, recently we watched Stranger Things. Um, Have you guys watched it? Yes. what What did you think about it? I have mixed feelings. I mean, I'm not usually into stuff like that, like sci-fi ish stuff. Um, but I liked it. I mean, it was a little silly at some points, you know, but mm-hmm. I don't want to give it away for people. But yeah. Um, yeah, Breaking Bad and also Orange is the New Black, of course. Um, but yeah, those are my favorites. But we've been doing a lot of walks down by the Golden Gate Bridge and that's totally my relaxation and just like quality time with my husband and our dog and all that good stuff. What's your dog's name again? Burr. I see, I see uh, snaps of the dog all the time and the cat. I love how you're like, why is this cat sitting on my lap and won't move? Oh my gosh, he's ridic- they're both ridiculous in their own special ways. <laughs> we had a listener actually ask too if you are a fan of the Squatty Potty. I have one. Yeah, we have one in our bathroom. All right. Yep. It seems to be like up for discussion. We, we, and we've actually always had them. You know, our old condo had three bathrooms or two and a half, which was crazy. But we had them in every bathroom. So, yes. And I left one at my parents' house so that when we come back to visit, it's there. Yes, pro. I was at Target the other day, and Target now sells Squatty Potty. It's amazing. Ah, as well I think they were as, on Shark Tank at one point. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, as well as the, uh, like, poopery. They sell that at Target now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, except it's called, it's called VI Poo now. It's the off-brand poopery. Stop! I'm dead serious. Amazing. Someone also asked, do you have a... <laughs> shut the f up face for people that comment about your food choices <laughs> like do people I mean, comment about your food choices no, because you're like really. you're like okay good i mean and i know that you're just kind of like a i'm gonna do what i want type of person but i yeah. can imagine we talk about this with julie bauer a lot too where you constantly get pummeled by certain things that you post or it's yeah. like well that's not paleo <laughs> well, so she has a lot more followers yeah um and i feel like when you brought in your I don't know, follower base or whatever it is, fan base, you leave a lot more room for that. You know, people who really are further and further from knowing much about you. Um, I'm keeping my family small. and I'm just kidding. Um, I feel like a lot of people who um, follow my stuff have actually met me and they kind of, or they've been listening to my podcast for five years. So they've heard me talking about this stuff. And I don't think they tend to get as aggressive on that stuff. Every now and then I definitely get you know, a comment, but I'll usually put a disclaimer in a caption, like no rice is in paleo or, you know, goat cheese is in paleo or whatever. Um, but mostly not, mostly not. And definitely not anybody in my actual real life. No. It just drives me crazy when people, it's just like, okay, calm the F down. I think like the new tagline of this podcast just needs to be like, calm the F down. Well, I mean, you have to also understand though, that if there's paleo in my name, um, my handle, or I've written a book called Practical Paleo, and a lot of people have it. Like, that's a responsibility that I have to understand that people are going to be finding totally. me and be new. I'm fine with it. Like, and I can honestly, here's the thing, like, kind of to answer that question a little bit, I can tell when someone's being a jerk 
and when they're being sincere with their question. I can re- I can very well read tone, which is mm-hmm. shocking, but like I see people making comments to each other sometimes, and I'm like, you're being rude. Please leave. You know what I mean? So it happens. I, I like to try and assume you know, people are just being curious, which is cool. I appreciate that. So to follow one last quick question. So I just saw the other day on Instagram that you are, you know, trying to figure out your conundrum with your Instagram handle. Did you reach a consensus? No, no consensus. (laughs) It's not just going to be Diane loves food. Oh, I mean, that one's probably already taken. You know, I think when I actually suggested that, I looked it up and there was nobody on there. It wasn't. Well, people it's thought the practical paleo wasn't, but I think the way that Instagram works, I think that there are certain combinations where they observe punctuation to mean the same thing. Gmail does this too. You may or may not know. Like if you have a dot in your address, in your right. email address. It doesn't address, matter. It doesn't matter. Exactly. So I, I feel like Instagram does that too. Um, or somebody could just have it and not have put anything there yet and it would say that there's nothing there you know we might we might do something with enforcing that trademark I mean I have to do that if I own a trademark you have to enforce it which is for right. all you business owners out there um but so fun. yeah we'll see I it'll probably eventually just be my name but uh you know I'll give it a minute I have a really stupid question but I just have to mm-hmm. know I remember you took off your you had like weaved eyelashes or whatever it was right like what's it called <laughs> I still have them do you didn't you They're take them there. off for a while Oh my gosh. Yeah, and like, I'll have to take them off again. You know, you got to give them a break. You do? Okay, because I haven't done that yet. But every time I see your lashes, I'm like, gosh, I have to do that. But I was laughing so hard because I was like, I remember you took them off and you're like, I'm just going to see how this feels. Was it like torture or what? I mean, it was really sad. <laughs> you're like, I don't think I like this. I don't like it. At some point, you kind of have to give them a break, <laughs> yeah. I guess. I don't know. I've never had hair extensions, so I don't know what that's like. But I feel like it's probably similar. Like at some point, you need to give it a break. I had them off for about, I don't know, a few weeks this winter. And they've been on. I'm just, I just, uh, yeah. you know, it's fun. I, I like it. I'm just a massive, <laughs> pro- I'm a product junkie. So I love watching all your product stuff on Snapchat. And I noticed like the whole nails and lashes and hair and I'm just like oh I love it I I mean it's the one day a week that I have all that going Mm -hmm. that you see the pictures I mean I well I said to uh, Nikki today who set this up she's on my team I was like am I on video for this do I have to shower like I'm not (laughs) I have no makeup on my hair is in a weird greasy bun you know the lashes are on because they don't come off Uh, but other than that like it's really like one or two days a week that I even kind of (laughs) get done up yeah at all we yeah. Always look yeah, there's a fabulous. real big reason that we don't do video. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Diane, we got to wrap up. Claire, did you have any last minute questions? Just, you know, where can everybody find you? I mean, I know that you are well known out there, but let's just remind our listeners of all your handles and your URLs and tell us a little bit more about your masterclass. Yeah. So I'll just point everybody to balancedbites.com. That's my main website. Um, And if you were to search my name, you would find it. You'll find it all over the place, but balancedbites.com. And we have a podcast every week, Balance Bites Podcast. And the Balance Bites Masterclass is going to be open for enrollment. I want to say we're opening it um, the day after Christmas. So I think we'll have a wait list up now. So if you guys are linking from show notes or any of that, but what the Balance Fights Masterclass is, uh, is a place for people to come who have felt like they're curious about this stuff, or they've either not tried to go paleo yet, or have gone paleo and are still kind of trying to figure out health issues, like what's going on with this, you know, weird thing. 
Or if you're a practitioner and you want to get more information on how to help your clients through some of these changes, what we're doing, kind of what we were just talking about a little while ago, we take people through the basics with a bunch of details. We're not going through things like biohacking. We really focus on what's in Practical Paleo, what's also in Eat the Yolks. We talk about um, getting your digestion on track and your blood sugar and all the things that I think when you go paleo or just change your food, you kind of know that that's what's happening. But unless you really learn the whys and understand how it's happening, sometimes it's hard to stick with it in the longer term or sometimes it's hard to troubleshoot. And I think like what you guys were saying, you might see a picture and you're like, that's the answer for me. But we really believe that over time, the answer is always the basics. Like we have to get back to sleeping well, eating well, um, moving well, all of that good stuff. So anyway, we're providing a place for people to go through that. It's video modules. It's Liz and myself, as well as um, some really awesome animations and uh, tons of education information and um, a community so you guys can come ask questions we'll have live videos and all that fun stuff so I'm really excited about it. it's finally a place where we can kind of go deeper with people on questions like ones we've been getting through the podcast but then you know we're always trying to answer it in a general way and now if somebody has something that is specific to them we can actually like ask more questions and um, not only support them ourselves but have a community of people who've gone through it you know have gone through similar digestive issues or whatnot um, and can all help each other out so we're super excited about that um, and the class itself doesn't actually begin until mid-January so the enrollment opens it's just kind of like enrolling for school enrollment will be open for a few weeks and we'll actually start mid-January so everyone will be chilled out after the holidays and ready to be focused on our health again so yeah and that's all um, balancebites.com slash masterclass well thank you for being with us Diane it's so cool to finally talk to you and we've just been fans of yours for a really long time and thank you for everything you do for health and wellness is pretty inspiring oh well, thank you so much yeah. that was so nice you guys probably win for the best intro too I forgot to mention that but like as you're introducing me I was like this wins this was I don't even remember what happened right now I blacked out from it but it was pretty hilarious and uh, yeah because I burped too many times so now I forget what happened well this, I'm not gonna this episode I'm, wins for the most burps that's for sure I'm not gonna tell you but I'm gonna play like a prayer as your intro song <laughs> Oh, the Madonna. No, you're like the, what'd you say? The little Oprah? Paleo baby Oprah. Because somebody called <laughs> Rob Wolf paleo baby Jesus. And then, so then someone else called me paleo baby Oprah at one point, And I was like, I'm taking it. I like that. That's and you get a car. And you get a car. Oh. Well, thanks again, yeah. Diane. And listeners, yeah. you can find her at balancefights.com. You can listen to, or you can find Girls Gone Wild at girlsgonewildpodcast.com. We're also all over social media. And follow us on Snapchat, GGW Podcast. And that's it for this week. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.